Coming up on Stu Does America, Andrew Cuomo is one cable news fluff piece away from declaring himself God, Emperor, and King, and challenging Trump to an honor duel. We'll take him down a notch. Phil Kirpin shows us the truth about COVID and nursing homes that the media is not telling you. And I'll give you a look into last Friday's Stu Does Power Hour celebration. Today is the first day. I think I feel like I've actually recovered. Take that. I really do uh, want you to take a look at it. It's, it's ridiculous. Thanks for making this show a thing. I do appreciate it. All of your reviews on iTunes, which include five stars, which is the appropriate amount of stars. And it's great. Whatever. Show me who the cool kids are. We like to feature your words at the end of the show. Stay tuned. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe and hit the little bell for notifications and like this video right now. Just hit like right now. Do it before you forget or I say something that pisses you off. You can always get every episode of the show for free. Just search YouTube for Stu and I'll be the first one there. Plus, you can watch the entire debacle of a 100th anniversary celebration episode. It was a mess. So I guess this is what, the episode 101 now? Best part is, I think I'm at least 99 episodes away from another power hour. Stu does America. The first time Kim Jong-un played golf, it went pretty well. With his first shot on the first hole, he got a hole in one. Same thing on the second hole and the third. He finished the 18 holes with a score of 18. Not too bad for a first-timer. Now, of course, he didn't actually do those things, and everyone in the country knew it, too. I mean, Kim Jong-un isn't athletic enough to even swing a golf club, let alone walk an entire golf course. But all the North Korean citizens nodded dutifully anyway, so that they were not taken to a prison camp. Somewhere over in North Korea, Kim Jong-un is feeling a certain tinge of jealousy as he looks at what Andrew Cuomo is trying to pull off. In reality, we know that Andrew Cuomo is awful. That's why Andrew Cuomo is awful.com exists. But Cuomo is trying to portray himself as a hero, the only man who could step in and save the day. And plenty of people are falling for it. But the tide will eventually turn. We've seen plenty of North Korean propaganda art over the years. That was about uh, the one thing from the North Korean playbook that Cuomo hadn't attempted yet. Until now! Now Andrew is selling his own propaganda poster. I swear to you that this is true. Here it is. Uh, No, no, that's that's the poster from Midsummer, the Scandinavian cult film from last year with all the bear costumes and emotional trauma, which isn't all that different than A Night with Andrew Cuomo. But here's the actual uh, uh, poster. This is real. The curve goes up, and then the New Yorkers, Yorkers pull it down on the other side. There's so, so much to unpack here. I want to go through some of this embarrassment bit by bit. It's hard to comprehend the level of propaganda at work here. First, we have the smiling panel of New York leaders toward the bottom. You can kind of see a highlight here. Yes, New York leads again. And they lead again in deaths. That's basically what we're talking about. I honestly struggle to find a comparison for what Cuomo is doing here. He literally has the worst results of any area in the world. He has overseen the literal worst disaster of the entire pandemic. This includes Wuhan. This includes Spain. This includes Italy. This includes Sweden. This includes the UK. This includes Belgium. As far as nations go, for comparison, France has 460 deaths per million. Pretty bad. Sweden has 549. 
Italy has 579. Spain, 608. The UK, 662 deaths per million. Belgium has the most of any country with 10 million or more people with 844 deaths per million. For the absolute hell of it, let's include the tiny nation of San Marino. They are entirely enclosed inside of Italy and have a total population of just over 33,000 people. They only had 42 people die, but that works out to a death rate of 1,238 per million, the highest in the world as far as the country goes. Andrew Cuomo's New York, 1,669 per million, double any major country, and even the third, uh, a third higher than the statistical anomaly of San Marino. Andrew Cuomo is right. New York is leading the way into the grave. Yet despite this embarrassing and gruesome record of failure, the second Cuomo has had any good news, he's tried to dunk on anyone else with a problem. Was there ever a moment in April or May where you felt happy that tens of thousands of people were dying in New York? Of course not, because you're a human being in good standing. I've talked to you about the increasingly concerning situation in Florida, Arizona, California, and my home state of Texas. But Andrew is excited about the problems in these other states. He's celebrating them in his propaganda poster. Look closely. Here it is, if you kind of see this. He cites the sea of division along with Arizona, Texas, and Florida with up arrows. I mean, this is just ghoulish. He's commissioned propaganda celebrating the deaths of thousands of people so that he can look good, I guess. I'll remind you that the first part of this poster that I showed you featured the phrase e pluribus unum from many, one, a message of unity. The same poster also dunks on all the dead people in three U.S. states. Nice work. And while we have our share of problems, Texas had us about one-tenth the deaths as New York despite having 10 million more people. If Texas and New York continued at the current pace of deaths, Texas wouldn't catch up to New York's total until January 2022. Here's another way to look at it. New York has a higher death rate than Texas, as discussed, and Arizona, and Florida, and Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, Vermont, Maine, Utah, Idaho, Oregon, West Virginia, Wyoming, Montana, Alaska, and Hawaii combined. Now, that's not to say that this will remain this way. Perhaps these southern states will worsen to the level of New York. Who knows? But to celebrate now is pure propaganda that only Kim Jong Cuomo could appreciate. It's very, very much like saying you're the best coach ever when you're down 31 to 3 because you just kicked a field goal. Calm down, Andrew. And his entire defense is based on what people are calling the COVID mountain. He put it in the poster. You see that? And now he's even putting it in his press conferences, an actual literal mountain sitting behind him. What a douche. Essentially, yes, things got horrifically bad and hospitals got overwhelmed. But now things are much better. True enough, but does anyone in the media remember how this thing was pitched to us at the beginning? Remember flattening the curve? Our worst case scenario was that we wouldn't flatten the curve and we would have a horrific outbreak and it would overwhelm the system. Tons of people would die and that it would recede quickly. Remember that whole thing? That's the COVID Cuomo mountain. He has executed the worst case scenario thing to a T. And he's trying to take credit for it. And I realize that using the word executed might hit a little too close to home for anyone in New York with elderly relatives in nursing homes. I got it. 
seriously, look at these charts. This image is from the very first pleas to flatten the curve. This was supposed to be our worst case scenario, quote, without protective measures. Now put that side by side with the actual New York chart of deaths. It's almost identical, except Cuomo did a little worse, worse than the worst case scenario. Now take a look at this chart for flattening the curve. You see uh, the with protective measures part of the chart. The deaths last a little bit longer timeline wise, but peak at a much lower level. Now, look at this side by side with, let's say, Florida. I mean, who has stayed closer to flattening the curve? And let me draw attention to the scale of these charts. The level in, let's say, Texas is about 50 deaths per average, or excuse me, Florida, per, uh, 50, average per death, uh, per 50 deaths per day on average. The peak level in New York was about 1,000 per day. Again, I think the situation is worsening in some of these states, including Florida. I don't want to claim everything is perfect. It is not. I think it's a legitimately becoming a real concern and probably deaths are going to increase. But New Yorkers laugh at what we see as a struggle in Texas and Florida. It's not even close. Andrew Cuomo is bragging about executing the perfection. Like, I mean, I want to say like the perfect level of the literal worst case scenario. That's Andrew Cuomo. And the media continues to praise him for it. Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot com. Now, one of the strangest things attempted by Cuomo is to try and convince America that COVID was a European virus. Nobody told us. And people came from Europe to New York and to New Jersey and to Connecticut. And three million European travelers mm-hmm. came January, February, March, before we did the European travel ban. And they brought the virus to New York. And that's why the New York number was so high. We didn't have the facts. Mm. This happened after Trump was getting heat for calling it a Chinese virus. It was an attempt to criticize Trump for talking about China. It's really from Europe. Therefore, blaming the right people. Apparently, it's okay to blame our allies in Europe because some of them are white rather than our adversaries, you know, the Chinese, because, well, they're not white. And it's okay uh, to say nice things about them. But what no one ever bothers to bring up to him is how did Europe get the virus? China. Regardless, Cuomo has a plane with the word Europeans on his propaganda poster. I mean, unreal. As has become commonplace, Cuomo is trapped in his own logic here. Implicit in his point about the European virus is this idea that you don't blame the original source of the virus. You blame the most recent place it passed through. Needless to say, like all things, Andrew Cuomo, this is dumb. But let's play the Cuomo game for a minute. If an infected location is correct to blame the source of the virus that immediately preceded its infection, guess who the rest of the United States needs to start blaming? This douche, Andrew Cuomo. Why? From the New York Times. Travel from New York City, seeded wave of U.S. outbreaks. The story goes through scientific research into the genetic samples of the virus and found that almost All of the seeding of the virus in the entire United States was from the New York strain. Washington state had a strain, too, but it handled it much better, therefore not spreading the virus across the country and causing tens of thousands of deaths. The research found in Texas that 70 percent of the virus was from New York. Only four percent was from Washington. In Arizona, it was 84 percent in New York to six percent in Washington. 
So when Cuomo tries to dunk on Texas and Arizona, he should remember that by his own attempts at logic, his state is the reason any of them have the virus in the first place. Trump also tries to dunk on the president in this propaganda poster. Donald Trump is sitting on the moon with a message that says, it's just the flu. Because we're supposed to believe that Andrew Cuomo didn't constantly downplay this at the same time. We have more people in this country dying from the flu than we have dying from coronavirus. There are dozens of examples just like this, that fear was worse than the virus, that it wasn't Ebola, don't worry about it. That's just just like the flu. I mean, his propaganda poster is criticizing Donald Trump for the exact same thing he said himself many, many times. And I will remind you that Cuomo didn't take action in New York until Donald Trump's 15 days to stop the spread was already halfway over. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Of course, it's a lot easier to fight off your failures when you have a brother willing to constantly praise you at a major news network. But there is some pushback. Say what you want about Jake Tapper. I know some people don't love him so much. And I don't always agree with him. But he remains one of the only journalists out there willing to speak up. In this case, at the detriment of the brother of a host at his network. Tapper writes in part, New York State has lost more than 32,000 lives to COVID-19. So while it's great that the numbers have gone down, it's perplexing to see crowing, Cuomo, going on Fallon, etc. No other state has lost as many lives. Not even close. New Jersey is next with 17,000. Yes, this has been a major challenge for every leader, but New York's leaders do not have a success story to tell. It's been about missteps and late actions. From April, he highlights some stories, how delays and unheeded warnings hindered New York's virus fight. From April, Seattle's leaders let scientists take take the lead. New York's did not. There are many New York citizens put off by the crowing and the poster sales. It's great that numbers have gone down, and I hope to God they stay there. But New York's leaders were late and made many mistakes. It's been an absolute tragedy. That is the legacy of Andrew Cuomo. An absolute tragedy. And if you needed any more evidence to prove how awful Andrew Cuomo is, I give you this little section of the poster you may have overlooked. What is that little car, you ask? Allow me to show you. It's Andrew Cuomo in his GTO as he pulls up to, I kid you not, a nursing home. This maniacal douche is selling a poster of himself in his stupid nursing home muscle car during a pandemic where tens of thousands of the residents of his state have died. I said it before and I'll say it again. Kim Jong Cuomo, a.k.a. Andrew Cuomo, is awful. Dot com. Who does America? Real world example of fast blast and how well it works. You know, I did this whole 100th episode uh, thing on Friday, and you know, I'm an adult, I'm not in college anymore. Doing a power hour, first of all, is completely idiotic. Why did any of you allow that to happen? It's your fault. It's not mine. But, you know, you go through that, you have a a messy night. I will say the next day it didn't feel so good. But you're able to bounce back 
easily with Fast Blast. You know, you have those bad days. I had that. That's been my downfall all these years. You have these disastrous sort of weekends or vacations. You eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And then, you know, you come out on the other side. You don't catch up so fast. Fast Blast helps you take it off fast. The real difference uh, that it can make in just days. A Fast Blast smoothie is the easiest way to go through this. Uniquely formulated for intermittent fasting. Uh, gives you great energy and fewer cravings. And the best part is, it's very simple and tastes great. Just drink one every two to three hours, combine it with lots of liquids, and it'll keep you satisfied. Fast Blast will let you go th- walk you through this entire thing. Do your own homework. They'll give you a plan. They'll give you the smoothies, all of it. Fastblast.com slash blaze. Fastblast.com slash blaze. The slash blaze part is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. So get started today with Fast Blast for a healthier and smaller you. It's fastblast.com slash blaze. Happy to welcome back to the program Phil Kirpin. Phil is the president of American Commitment and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, as well as a nationally syndicated columnist. Uh, Phil, um, first of all, judging by your background, you're having a better day than me. I like it. Yes, well, we're going with the backyard studio. I uh... The last time I used the basement, I got a four out of 10 on rate my Skype room. So I got to go with the backyard, <laughs> go with the backyard studio. People are obsessed with rate my Skype room. I think that's a, there's a smart choice. I want to see what their, their score is here. Um, I uh, am having a very difficult time, Phil, dealing with Andrew Cuomo praise. It's affecting my livelihood. I can't handle it. This guy w- oversaw the worst catastrophe of this entire pandemic, arguably globally. And yet he's praised as some sort of superhero. How does this happen? Well, he's actually the second worst right now to Phil Murphy from New Jersey. Right. New Jersey has pulled slightly ahead. They're one, two. They're like one A and one B. Yeah. You could call it a tie. <laughs> uh, but they have uh, literally the worst performance in the entire world. They're both worse than Lombardy, which we were told was the meltdown of all meltdowns. It could never be worse than Lombardy, Italy, New York, New Jersey. Uh, both did worse in terms of the population fatality ratio, the deaths per million, uh, which means they basically did every single thing wrong you could do wrong. Uh, The best math we have on sort of the natural population fatality rate is uh, done by the Nobel Prize winner, Michael Levitt, who thinks that the normal, if you did nothing, if you just let it run through the population, it would be about five to 600 deaths per million population. New York and New Jersey are triple that. So they basically killed three times as many people as if they had done literally nothing with their horrendous policies of sending infectious people into nursing homes of, uh, you know, hospitals in disarray, bad treatment protocols, ambulances, taking people to Florida full hospitals and all the other things that went so infamously wrong. And I'm sure lots of things, too, we don't even know about yet. Right. We'll find out wrong because you don't rack up numbers like that unless you have even more mistakes than the ones we already know about. It really is incredible. And, you know, it's one thing for him. You could say, hey, look, this is a difficult situation. He's stepping into who would have seen this coming. All that applies. But that happened to everybody. Uh, You know, Andrew Cuomo, New Jersey as well, Connecticut at some level. um, Really, I think, you know, as a person who was born in New York, who grew up in Connecticut, I mean, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey is the New York area. I mean, it's all New York. This is all coming from New York. Uh, So this is it's it's incredible to kind of watch this happen. Um, And I I went back and a lot of people use this sort of flatten the curve analogy, you know, as cudgel these days on Twitter. Um, You know, go, oh, I thought you were supposed to flatten the curve. And I understand that. But I decided just to go back and look at the flatten the curve charts just for the heck of it. New York is exactly what they told us the worst case scenario yeah. would be. It's straight yeah, up and right. it went so bad it comes down quickly. And now Cuomo's bragging about that. 
Yeah, they're the uh, they're the bad scenario. They're the bad scenario from the flatten the curve charts, the one where you fail to alter the trajectory at all, and you have a very sharp, very steep rise, and then you know it comes back down. That's the shape of epidemic curves. It's not their brilliant policies uh, broke the disease and brought it to heel. It's that it ran through the population, killed off the susceptible people, and then it declined as epidemics do. Uh, that's not a success. That's literally the failure to in any way affect uh, the outcome of the epidemic other than pumping it up with more deaths through policy error. And so I think the Cuomo victory tour is pretty disgusting. And I think the idea that uh, people like Cuomo and these other Northeastern governors should give advice to the states that do have flat curves, the one from the chart that stays low and Mm -hmm. then later it rises a little bit. uh, That's what we were told you want so that you don't overwhelm your hospitals. And yet uh, we now have, because eventually the bad curve and the good curve, they cross, you know, the bad one comes down the good one. Well, because we're at that crossing point, now the states that had the bad curve are trying to lecture the states with the good curve. It's unbelievable. It's incredible with no words of criticism. Although I will say Jake Tapper, at least today, did call out uh, Cuomo pretty hard. Um, let me go to uh, the nursing homes. You've been great on following this. We've had you on a couple times. You've been one of the only voices out there saying, hey, guys, this isn't like a, a 2% nursing home problem. This is 40 and 50% nationwide. Can you go into where the numbers stand at this point with that? Yeah, it was as high as 53% of uh, as 55% of all deaths. It's now at about 53 on the latest numbers. That's excluding New York. I, I take New York out of the denominator because they won't give us an honest number for the numerator. Mm. Uh, they use a little asterisk. They say, you know, they say about 6,400 nursing home deaths, and they say asterisk. We only count the ones that physically occurred in the nursing home. Well, most of the people are going to be hospitalized before they die, so that asterisk takes. You know, at least half of their count out and doesn't tell us what it is. No other state is doing that. So I think you have to just take them out of the denominator also. And if you do that, it was as high as 55% of all deaths, excluding New York, uh, among long-term care residents. It's now at about 53% because the states that are in this current southern wave are doing a much better job of protecting their nursing homes. And so in Texas and Florida right now, uh, you see mostly non nursing home, non-long-term care resident deaths. And if they can pull that off, if they can have the curve rise and fall while protecting the nursing homes, they'll have a much, much lower uh, overall death burden uh, than any of the states in the North did. So that's good. I don't know if they can do it. They're trying. It's holding so far. Uh, but but for now, they are holding line in the nursing homes for the most part. Yeah, it was one of the kind of the early arguments of conservatives who said, look, we understand this is because, you know, some people just completely dismiss it out of hand. That it's not it's not a serious thing. But some you know conservatives said, look, this is a serious thing. We need to be smart on how we do this. Let's protect the most vulnerable. We'll keep them away from everybody as much as humanly possible and and let the other people, uh, younger people get back, get back to work as much as they can. The, the question is, is that possible? Once younger people go out, they go to bars, they, they wind up passing this around, they've got parents, they've got teachers, they've got relatives, eventually it, pu- it pushes its way up the age ladder and we have a huge problem. Is that, I mean, is there a way to stop that from happening? Well, I think so. Look, I mean, one of the challenges, one of the problems, the defects with the lockdown strategy is if you try to prioritize protecting everyone, effectively you've prioritized no one. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, at some point, people have to come out of their caves and it sort of starts back up again. If it hasn't already run through the population, you didn't really accomplish much. I think our time would have been much better served if we said people who are above age 75 or say above age 55 or 65 but have serious pre-existing conditions, you go in lockdown while everyone else who is younger and healthier, they go out, have life as usual and 
you know, build up immunity, have the mild and moderate cases. I think by now it would have been over if we'd done that. I think that would have been a much smarter strategy. We've sort of stumbled half backwards into something like that in places like Florida now where they're basically saying, look, if you're in one of the risk categories, take every precaution. Uh, but everyone else, we're going to keep things open. We've got to have work. We've got to have school. And uh, so far, it looks like they're they're holding it together pretty well. And there are examples of places that have done this well. I mean, Sweden, uh, you know, a lot of people criticized them early on, and they did a pretty bad job protecting the nursing homes early on. But their overall numbers right now look pretty good. And they haven't had a death there in about a week. And they're on the bottom of the curve now. And they did it without any lockdowns. And so uh, there is, a you know, they, they weren't perfect, obviously. They had a lot of nursing home deaths there. But uh, I think the idea that you can manage it with an open society has been proven true. And uh, the costs of lockdown are just staggering. And they're not very effective either for the simple reason that if they work, if you stop everyone from transmitting, well, as soon as you lift it, then, then it starts up again. So yeah. what did you accomplish? Yeah, very little. And you spent an incredible amount. And that, I think that's been the thing from you can almost make a justification that a more uh, complete shutdown was something worth considering at the beginning. When we have no tests, we have no idea where this virus is. We don't know who's got it, where it's going. You know, I still would favor a much more targeted approach. However, here we're at this point now. There's no excuse. I mean, you should not be shutting down states like California in the middle of this. This should be you should be able to keep this under control with the amount of testing that we're doing. Yeah, look, I mean, we also, you know, early on, a lot of the models assumed that it was going to have to run through 70 or 80 percent of the population before it would slow down. Now we have, you know, pretty clear evidence from all kinds of countries all over the world that the break point is about 15 or 20 percent. That's not a true herd immunity where it's extinguished and it disappears. But when you get to 15 or 20 percent of the population, the rate of uh, infection declines considerably and it becomes more like a background sort of endemic level. It doesn't have the, the big steep rise anymore. And uh, that is a big difference mm -hmm. in terms of the math and mm -hmm. the way you model it. And that, I think, makes it much, much more manageable. And that's why we've seen a lot of these states, whether they did everything wrong, like New York, or uh, they did a lot of things right, like Sweden, different states and countries, almost no matter what they do, it runs its course and then it declines to pretty low levels. And so that's the good news for everyone almost everywhere is this doesn't last forever. It runs its course and it ends. It ended in Italy. It ended in all the other European countries. It ended in the northern states. So if you're watching this and you're in a state that's going through it right now and it seems horrible and it, it will end, it'll end in a few weeks or a month or two. And uh, the question is, how do you minimize the damage in terms of economic damage and also in terms of lives lost? And to me, it's very obvious that in terms of lives lost, you minimize the damage by protecting the truly vulnerable, not by trying to protect everyone, which ends up uh, failing to protect anyone. It does feel like it lasts forever, though. I just want to point that out. It does feel that I way. I, I was know. thinking about these primaries happened in J January. It feels like it was 1875. I, I can't. I, I, it's, it's bizarre. What a bizarre year. Um, I want to ask you one more thing. I, I know you, you had reposted this, drew my attention to this. Um, a CDC report came out uh, w with the uh, weekly uh, number of deaths, and it was very high. However, most of the deaths were placed back in previous weeks, months ago. Um, do, do you have any idea what the significance of that is? I mean, when you take those deaths out, it was pretty much a flat week, which is what everyone else was showing. How, what, what was the, what's the significance of that? Well, I actually think this is a really positive indicator uh, because it means that a lot of the states that had a really high volume number of deaths uh, sort of in the in the April peak, uh, things have slowed down so much now that they're able to sort of like, hey, somebody go through that box of unprocessed death certificates <laughs> over there. Now we have time to go through them. And so, I mean, uh -huh. I think it's really an indicator that the workflow has slowed in a lot of these states that were really hit hard to the point where now they can go back and sort of 
do all the work that they should have been doing back then, but that just got backed up and piled up. And so it's backlog clearing. It indicates that, uh, you know, there were more deaths earlier even than we knew about in a lot of these places, but it's good news in that it means that uh, the deaths have probably largely stopped in these places, and now they have time to catch their breath and go back and, and count those. Um, let me ask you one last question here. It's a completely impossible, and there's no way you can get it right. There's no way to know. When does this, when does this end? Like, do, we ha- do we vote in person in November? Do we have a Super Bowl with a crowd in person? What are we looking at as far as timeline-wise? Well, I mean, I think that the I think the epidemic is mostly over in about 40 states right now, uh, but we don't act like it's over. So, I mean, I'm here in D.C. We haven't had a dead COVID death in a week. Uh, you know, we've got, I think, 21 people in the ICU in our city of 720,000 people. But we're still in phase two because they're not going to go to phase three <laughs> unless we have uh, like zero infections or something. And so uh, there is sort of a political inertia that's going to make it very, very difficult, unfortunately, to get things back to normal, even if the disease really isn't around much. Uh, And that's kind of what we're experiencing here. And I I suspect almost every place is going to experience that to a certain degree. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be a gradual thing. People are going to get more comfortable doing things and they're going to feel things are going to get it are are, uh, they're going to feel lower risk. I think the politicians will change when public opinion changes. They're they're not really leaders. I mean, they're going to change kind of when we tell them. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's happening yet, even in places where most of the disease has been over for a while. Phil Kirpin, uh, president of American Commitment and the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. Thanks so much for coming on the program. Appreciate it, Phil. My pleasure. Have a good one. All right. Back in a second. All right. It's summer. Uh, You know, you're spending time outside. I think it's 104 here today. 104 degrees. That's not human. They should end 104 degree temperatures. They should not actually exist. Uh, if you want to know the, uh, the, the secret to staying sweat-free this summer, you've got to have Tommy John. Tommy John's ultra-breathable underwear and bras. Now, I've never tried the bra on myself, but I'm, willing, I'm open. Look, you know, this is an open society, and I think we should try new things. They have a range of summer-ready options, including their cool cotton underwear for men and women. Tommy John's cool cotton is made from premium natural materials uh, for enhanced airflow, and it evaporates swe- uh, sweat super fast. I will say it's the most comfortable stuff I've ever worn. Tommy John's is awesome. Uh, I mean, not only just their underwear. I know they have these really good like lounging shorts and lounging pants that you just kind of like hang around the house. I never want to get out of them. That's the problem. I never want to get out of them. Tommy John's awesome. Uh, And they keep, you know, I will say I've heard a million commercials for Tommy John. I never pulled the trigger on it until very recently. And now I'm a total believer. Tommy John's is so confident in their underwear that if you don't love your first pair, which you will, you'll get a full refund with their best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Uh, for a limited time, go to TommyJohn.com slash stew. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash stew for 20% off. And remember, the slash stew is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. TommyJohn.com slash stew. If only we could defund the police, then we could stop stuff like this from happening every day. Here's a police officer who has a little baby on his arm. A mother who's absolutely panicked, rightfully so, as the baby is choking to death. The officer steps in and performs CPR and clears the uh, pathway, uh, passageway uh, for the air. And you see the, everyone else standing around not knowing what to do and being in just absolute panic while the police officer is there to uh, save the day. And this sort of stuff happens all over the place every single day and you never see it. Well, I thought today would be a good day to actually show it to you. So 
Thank you, police officers out there, for doing this sort of stuff without cameras on you every single day. Trying to sell your home is challenging. Uh, you need a real estate agent that is going to come in and take charge of the situation. Realestateagentsitrust.com is a company that Glenn started to make sure that this process isn't a complete and utter disaster. Uh, with realestateagentsitrust.com, you'll be in the hands of the most capable, experienced people who will see your selling process through to the very end. If you want to purchase a home, you, you got to get a good agent who knows the area, who knows where the price should be, so you can kind of get it down, inch it down a little bit. realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go for that. If you're selling, you want to get that price as high as possible. It's called capitalism. It's called a free exchange. Uh, you know what? It's important to have someone on your side, though, that knows the system. realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to sort through all these agents and make sure you get the best one. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. Check it out if you're buying or selling the home and you want to get the most out of it. Realestateagentsitrust.com. And welcome to the Stu Does America 100th Anniversary Celebration Stu Does Power Hour. I am uh, your host and assumedly designated driver, Sarah Gonzalez, as a celebration of Stu's stupid little show, which I feel bad saying, but he says it all the time, so I feel like I can say it too. Uh, it's somehow making it through 100 episodes. We decided to gather some of the, let's say, oh, I don't know, less polished guests you, you know and love from Blaze TV to complete the infamous Power Hour. Now, if you're new to this network or maybe you just just didn't want to spend $40,000 on a useless college degree. Let me briefly explain what is about to happen here. Stu, Chad, Bill, and Jason will be taking a single 1.5 ounce shot of beer every single minute for the next hour. During that time, we will be discussing politics and news, playing a couple games we've come up with that viewers have requested. Now, boys, I would just like to remind you that uh, just because it's nine o'clock, there might still be children watching. You know our audience. We <laughs> don't, don't know. No, don't. Okay. So let's watch our language. I don't know about this one over here. I, he's a loose cannon. So good luck to your children, everyone. <laughs> Gentlemen, prepare your shots, please. Okay. Wow. That's harder to do. It is hard, yeah, and it gets really hard by the end. <laughs> That's why we have plastic sheeting on the stupid She's desk. Sad. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. Thanks, Mom. Okay. So are you ready? Look at Jason's yeah. already spilled. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, Bill started. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, 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 let's go. <laughs> Number one. I'm not letting Bill get in front. This is a huge accomplishment for me. A hundred episodes. Um, you know, I, I'm under contract, so it's not really. I mean, they had to basically air them. Like they're actually contractually <laughs> obligated to get me to a hundred episodes, but I'm still celebrating it anyway. Well, I mean, I feel like anytime you can get the company to pay for your drinking habit. Yes. Why not? This is just a plan. This it's, is, it's always a party. It's just when you're by yourself, that's when it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I mean, you should use air quotes when you say problem. Right. <laughs> and I would say in the quarantine era, drinking by yourself has a totally different sheen on it. Like, you know, I think now it's totally okay. Right. Uh, power hours by yourself, are they a good idea? Maybe not. You know, we were making odds actually before this. We mm -hmm. were trying to decide what minute you would fall out of the chair. <laughs> and the over and under was 27 minutes. So, I'm not even going to halfway. Yeah, no, you don't. Wow, I must be a real lightweight. Oh, oh gentlemen. <laughs> that noise is going, you were going to hate it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to hate it. Already You're going to hate it. Already do. So are, are you really running for governor? Yes, 100%. 
Well, I mean, I can't legally say that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's it. Yeah, we can't. Uh, but yeah, we're we're definitely exploring it. You're exploring. We're, we're forming a pack. We, we're we're setting up the deal. We take donations, and that's that's political speak. I'm eight days in as an expert. Oh, we're setting up a thing where we can take donations. Wow. So don't pledge anything. Wait, so this is really legal. happening. Oh, it's happening. Oh, it's happening. I mean, this oh, is it's happening. No, it's ha- I already have a chief of staff. I already got a consultant. Really? This is in eight days. It's happening. You know why? Because I had a little date with uh, Robbie Mondavi. Mm-hmm. A little red wine last Thursday night. I was with Donnie Jr. And I was pissed off at this whole mask thing. All I right. tweeted. Okay, all right. Yeah, don't get behind. It's not a good thing. <laughs> Here I am. Shots. We'll uh, he's, no, he is so serious. Uh, we were going over his platform. Yeah. He and I were going. What, what is? Platform. What's the platform? Yeah, we can't talk about that no, right now. No, it's top secret. You know, you. But he's. But he's. He's fleshing it all out. Well, let, let me. Let me. Maybe you can answer this question. If there was someone who was going to run for governor. Yeah. And there was a key thing that you thought the. Well, the I think the people wanted to know. If I were to I'm cast a vote you, in 22, I would make sure that that person was truly on board with personal liberty mm. and could try to put a stop to this governmental overreach that's now happening in Texas because, you know, Texans historically walk tall, keep their head up. But right now we've gotten folks that have moved in here. They haven't left their politics at the border. You know, so annoying. (laughs) Sorry, not not you. It's just the the shot is so annoying. We're not even halfway there, fools. I got to start spiking these. These I just got I got to say. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm a whiskey drinker, but dang. I mean, There's a whiskey a, beer mix. That's like, that's like when you're, hour. you know, those old uh, man versus food shows yes. where they would eat all that stuff and the guy's eating all these, these potatoes and mm-hmm. stuff. And he would say, I need some ice cream, something to cut the yeah. potato flavor. That's what Bill's doing. Oh, really? He's exactly. a smart man. Didn't you see my cousin? He used to win the Nathan's Hot Dog thing for years. <laughs> Which has got to be the most disgusting thing. Tell that Joey oh. Chestnut. <laughs> Bud Light is the right beer for yeah. a power hour, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. It's the right the one. one. I, knew I would like to say for the record, I believe that my husband did warn you. No, he did That the dogfish head would be. But I was like, what kind of judgment can he have? He married you. I you mean, ever notice right. these? Oh, dang. I've been really trying. <laughs> I slurred my way through that show. Okay. It was good. We got there with you. <laughs> you guys knew where I was going like with you it. you jumped onto a slip and slide, and then at the end, we were there, and we high-fived you. It was fine. The forum wasn't there, but we got the rep yeah. in, you know? You, never, you know how these beer nerds, they get into the like the beer names. They're like, hey, so what, what have you got on tap? Like, well, I got the uh, dog face pony soldier. That sounds delicious. <laughs> how have you not made that beer yet? Yeah, I know. You need to right? brew that right but, now. But I mean, doesn't that sound like a, you know, you're a dog face pony soldier. <laughs> That Seriously, that is a huge idea for this election. If Chad Prather made dog face pony soldier beer, I would pony tw- what? Pony soldier. Sure. I, I don't know why you're. <laughs> I love dog faces. <laughs> the worst part about it is we're at 28 minutes in. It's not even halfway. <laughs> Who is paying these people thank to you. say ding? Yeah. Yes, thank you. God. What happens is the people in the control room think it's funny to shorten the minutes as you go. I think that's what's going on. There's a timer. I keep for looking at the see. clock to see where the seconds are. There's a timer. You know, they, you can't fake hey, it. Hey, is it, isn't one of you our questions conspiracies? Yeah. Let me just go ahead and rant. I'm going to take this shot. I'm going to rant. Okay, okay. Okay. Oh, yes. Rant. Bill Rant. Bill Rant. Let's go. Some skin over there. Now, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you that one of the most important things to consider is that this clock is manipulated. Yeah. The oh, control room is very interested in making sure that we get as drunk as possible. Damn right. So that they can steal the shit out of our cars. Damn right. I see them. They made sure that we put our keys down. Oh. Where are your car keys? No 
I don't know where the car keys are. Exactly. Where are your car keys right now? And I will tell you that when you get out to your car, all the things you hold dear will be gone. <gasps> oh my God. And what about that? That's exactly what's going on. That's what happens in the courtroom with Bill. That's close to home, Bill. <laughs> that my was truck got stolen six weeks ago. Exactly Holy yeah. crap. We're seven seconds. Um, oh my God. <laughs> this is what's amazing about this. Three, two, one. I feel like it bends the space time oh. continuum. Jeez. It really does. Like, you have a flex same, capacitor. It's the same timer. You know, you, who invited you? <laughs> I literally, no one invited you. You just came in here. On, on the field of battle, we shall go to Valhalla together. <laughs> yeah. right, My name else? is Maximus yeah, no Decimus yeah, no Meridius. Man. Hey, uh. anorexic Santa, am I behind or am I good? <laughs> Thank you. Are Stu. you kidding me? I am good not behind. God, Rob. Stu, there is no host prerogative. The they are yeah, legitimately, well, they, are, they are screwing me. Bill Richmond's a pro. Is, okay, Do look, you have I'm going to gonna, right drink this whiskey keep, to shame Rob you. Keeps saying he might be half Asian, but he's whole alcoholic. <laughs> is it full now? You zoom in again. Hey. Look at this thing right now. Right now, look at that shot. Here it comes. Look at that. Is that good? Is that good? There you go. Look at that. Still. <laughs> How about a little bit more? Easy, Stone Cold. He's doing that to cheat. He's doing that to cheat. I did a hundred episodes of this stupid show, <laughs> and you're all giving me a heart. Thank you very much. Are you much. using that? I have no idea who drew this. Is that I'm just here to hold it up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like there's like three okay signs on his chest. Oh my god, that's white supremacy. <laughs> oh that god. is white supremacy, it's, Bill. We, it dings. God, Chad, what are you doing? Oh, no. so like, do yeah, where was the ding? Oh, please, please do it. Please do it, Bill. Okay. He's going to move his head, and it's going to happen. So we have freaking conservatives, GOP, (laughs) and they're voting for the farm bill. Never mind the fact that there's price controls. They're pushing price controls in the farm bill. Uh Not only that, but they're also pushing... (laughs) What did you write on the side of my head? That was like 10 seconds. Oh, no. (laughs) Going all the way back to the 1800s, Someone did not look. I'm leaning into this like Cheryl Sandberg. I'm gonna lean into whatever the heck, whatever the whatever, oh, no. whatever the heck is being happening right now. But Good I will tell you, God Marbury almighty. versus Madison had a problem. Of all the people, freaking Chad, are you kidding me? Hey, hey, are you surprised? He's from New Jersey. That is pathetic. That was a joke. Hey, hold on, hold on. That was a joke. That was a that was a play play puke. Let me let me tell you something. I'll be back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. While while he's gone, let me tell you something. Chad Prather. Really slippery. Chad Prather represents the real America. He represents the real Texas, and the reason is because, unlike. USMC. <laughs> hey, don't go over there. Maybe. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for clarifying. That was real. It was not a joke throw up. There's Chad bits all over the place. Love getting your reviews on iTunes. Five stars, the appropriate number of stars. Uh, Dana writes, details, raw data, statistics. That describes...
must have been cut off there. Uh, he hate the facts, then you'll hate Stu. He's done the research and looked at the unbiased raw data. Prepare to be triggered, unless, of course, you love truth. Five freaking stars. How about next? Uh, we got CSE. It's great. Whatever. Nice show in Action Park. Just what I needed. A break from the politics. Time for the power hour. You got to go back and watch the, both of those shows. Five freaking stars. Uh, there's a hole in the sky where a tree once was. Somebody making money. I don't know what that means. Who does? Five freaking stars. I know what that means. Thanks so much for leaving those reviews. We will see you tomorrow.